All right. Well, hey, Marcelo. Welcome. How are you? How are you today? I'm great, Dan. Uh, happy to be here on the Monday of all days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've fallen into this pattern recently of uh, recording on Monday, releasing on Thursday, which keeps the show really fresh, but also makes me a little nervous about um, week to week, <laughs> you know, because sometimes it can be dicey if getting somebody on the hook on time, but it's worked out so far. Uh, mm-hmm. But well, welcome. And, and um, you know, it's nice to have you on. This is the third time we've we've hit the mic together. We we uh, we recorded for your show, which is due some point in the future. Uh, nice. And then uh, you and I were uh, privileged enough to record with uh, uh, Sean uh, Trek on the Tube, or Toby the Hottie, as I call him. Uh, and uh, that was discussing numerology and Trek, which was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, you know, over the course of those two two visits, uh, you know, you've talked about some of your uh, passions aside from Star Trek, uh, and uh, I think that would be, um, you know, a, a couple of excellent places to start with, uh, just to just to say hey. But first of all, just let us know a little bit about you. Give us a little background. Say hey to the folks listening. Uh, hey, um, Mike. Well, my name is Marcel Nostroza. I uh, I'm from Austin, New York, and it's a little small town in Westchester County that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, I am. A inspiring screenplay writer. I'm a podcaster and a YouTuber. I didn't, uh, uh, and I'm disabled. So there is that too. So if you want to ask me questions about that, it's totally fine. Oh, nice. So well, let's let's uh, touch on uh, a little bit of each of that. Um, so an aspiring playwright, and mm-hmm. um, and then what came after that? Uh, I'm a, I'm a YouTuber and a podcaster. YouTuber so. and a podcaster, right? Okay, so let's. I want to talk about those just real quick, so we can get the shout out out. Uh, tell me a little bit about the podcast. Give me the elevator pitch. The thing that what? Why am I going to listen to your show? Besides the fact that I'm on it at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I have two podcasts, and the one that you're on is uh, called the uh, the Red Wall Podcast, and that's a podcast where I sit down with an interesting guest such as yourself. I also uh, have that podcast to tell people more about my personal life and, and conversations that I have with people. If you guys listen to that podcast, you'll probably learn more about me than you ever wanted to. Um, no, I'm, when, when, I'm, when I say that, I'm being totally serious. If you listen to that, you'll get a really good, uh, a better understanding of who I am as a person and an individual. Um, the other podcast that I have is, uh, a podcast called Radio 815. It's a podcast dedicated to examining the work of writer director J.J. Abrams and everything in his greater Bad Robot universe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Including, uh, the Kelvin, you know, right now we're talking about Lost, but we, we already did Felicity, Alias. Uh, yeah, so. And that's something you've mentioned before as far as. Uh, your um, your passion and admiration for uh, one Alex Kurtzman and how far back that goes in, yeah. you know to the to the days of Alias and yeah. Alias was wasn't it like late nineties early two thousandsies uh, when it was on the air? Actually, it was uh, it was early. It, Alias was supposed to air right around 9-11, but because 9-11, their premiere oh, got yeah. their their premiere got pushed a couple weeks. So they started um so they started in a post 9-11 world. So right, okay. 
Um, um, yeah, attend to yeah. one uh, favorite Star Trek show, Enterprise, had to push its premiere back uh, for the same reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, um, yeah, I, I only started doing uh, podcasting a short while ago because I had a lot of things in my head that, that bothered me and I didn't want to necessarily go to a shrink yeah. and tell them everything. So I decided to, you know, uh, start recording these episodes. And, you know, uh, the first two seasons of my personal podcast, the Red Wall podcast, are very, very personal to me. They're, they're just me talking about things that pissed me off about my family. And it's basically driving them underneath the coals. So um, that's why I suggest to anybody who listens to my show, if you want the more fun side of the show, listen to uh, season four, which will come out next year. Because the first two seasons are, are very, very rough and personal stuff. So if that's not your bag, if you want to hear me talk about nerdy stuff, uh, Star Trek, whatever, with people like yourself, listen to that. Listen to season four, which hasn't come out yet. At the time of this recording. Upcoming season four. Uh, and then, okay, so those are the two podcasts you've got. Uh, is uh, What was the Red Wall? Yeah, the Red Wall, pod, the Red Wall podcast and Radio 815. Radio 815. And those are available pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast? Yes, yes, yes. Nice, pretty nice, much. nice. So check that out on all your favorite places like Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you might find a catcher of choice same for this show by the way uh try to get it out to as many places as possible um seems silly not to uh and then you mentioned youtube so uh is youtube more of the same or do you have a specific niche uh that you focus on for your youtube channel no on youtube i review um uh well i'm currently reviewing uh smallville you know oh, nice. uh, yeah. smallville and i'm currently reviewing uh the original Mission Impossible TV series from the 60s. Man, that's some good stuff. That's a fun show. It is a yeah. fun show. And it's one of those that uh, there's a there's a dedicated Mission Impossible uh, channel on Pluto TV. So if you're not familiar, Pluto TV, not a sponsor, is um, a pretty excellent way to, you know, just to wa- have something to watch. It's free. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's sponsored by ads. And it even has a, a Star Trek channel. It has a Doctor Who channel. It has... Like the Adams family and just great stuff. And then Mission Impossible is mm-hmm. one of them. So it's a, you know, it's, a, it's something that I'll flip to uh, when, like, you know, I'm really got nothing else to pay attention to and just something that'll continuously play. Go to the uh, MI channel on, uh, on Pluto TV. Cool. Yeah. Mission Impossible is very important to be, is very, very important to me. It's my second favorite franchise of all time. Yeah. Next to a, next to a little small franchise about, this this ship with this captain who they 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 go through space and they meet all al- different aliens and crap. I don't know if you ever comics. heard of it. Yes, yeah, but space comics. It's called Star Trek. I don't know if you ever heard of it. That's a, you know, it, it's somewhere out there. I mean, you know, yeah, I got yeah. a movie or two or something. I don't know. Yeah, but um, the original Mission Impossible movie from nineteen ninety six. I went to go see that movie when I was a kid, and oh, nice. After I came out of that movie, it made me realize. That I wanted to tell stories for the rest of my life. Oh wow, very cool. Um, I, you know, back then I didn't know what kind of stories I wanted to tell, mm-hmm. but um, later on in life, uh, I I saw this one specific show 
from this one specific creator and that changed the entire course of my life. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. What was that? Uh, that, that show that I saw that changed the course of my life and made me want to become a screenplay writer was Dawson's Creek. Dawson's and that, Creek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was created by Kevin Williamson. So, okay. All right. That's a, yeah. so that, 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 that is the one that got caught your attention to become a screenwriter. Yes. More focused yes. as a screenwriter. So yeah. Mission Impossible, uh, the, the MI1 movie, uh, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise and, and, and all of that greatness, uh, yeah. is what sparked, sparked the interest in being a storyteller and then mm-hmm. refined that into screenplays. Uh, yes. with with uh, Dawson's Creek. Well, how interesting. That's very cool. Related to uh, a couple things with Mission Impossible, as a, I think I mentioned to you, maybe in the background, um, I used to, uh, for about seven years, I worked in various and sundry, uh, for various and sundry movie theater companies and in various cinemas. And so uh, when Mission Impossible was in the first big summer of movies that I was an employee, so it was fresh, uh, that included Twister and a couple of others, but uh, Mission Impossible specifically released on my birthday that year. And so I was pretty excited about that. And of course, <clears throat> we had plenty of promotional material and some of the stuff we would get, we, they were called static clings. And that's exactly what they were. You know, they're little plastic peels and you put them on a window and they stick until you take them off, right? And so we got a whole bunch of those for Mission Impossible. And one of them, uh, was just wide enough and it said expect the impossible and it had the little you know the little you know fuse line going through it and it said may 22nd so i took that and i put it in the back window of my car and i had it in that back window of that car forever um and because uh, yeah, it's my birthday you know and yeah. uh, I, I could do it uh but yeah that's a that whole franchise you still enjoy them uh yeah 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 i do i uh, like 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 um, the way you are about Star Trek and the way our friends are about Star Trek, I could I could probably see a single frame from any Mission Impossible movie and tell mm-hmm. you what's going on in that specific scene and what movie you're watching. Nice, nice. I'm nice. like I'm I'm as as far as mission goes, I'm a complete fanatic, which is a which is a funny thing because in the Mission Impossible fandom, you have this separation between the films and the TV. Uh, and and the, and, you know, you know, you know, and the, um, and the original TV show, because a lot of like hardcore mission fans from Mm -hmm. back in the day think that the, the movies are nothing like the TV shows. And I'm like, uh, okay. I respectfully disagree, but I think you're kind of, I I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't get it. I mean, look. There's a there's a lot of people, uh, not like myself, because I watched the original series, uh, the original Mission Impossible series when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, are now going back to the original TV show from Mission because of the movies. Right, right, right. And, so, and you know, it's um, it's just like uh, the argument against the Calvin Trek films. Uh, I've met. Oh, don't even get me started now. on that. Well, I've met several people now who are, you know, considerably younger, honestly, uh, could be my could be my children, uh, but are young adults. And, you know, their introduction to Star Trek was with the 2009 uh, Kelvin films. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that makes them no less a fan. And like you're saying, in my films are are an entry point to the TV show. Maybe you maybe a new fan doesn't know the TV show exists. 
And, you know, maybe that's a surprise for them. And, you know, well, whatever, if, what if they have a love for that 60s, early 70s aesthetic, and this has just now increased their total jam. I don't understand why you would want to make a division, but, you know, we fight that battle. And I think every fandom that has, you know, I can imagine it with folks who are, you know, who are fans of Tolkien and they, you know, they disregard the movies or, you know, this, that, or the other regarding the books or whatever. There's always going to be a dividing point, I think, in anything involving humans because we're tribalistic, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we're tribalistic within our tribes. Uh, you need, need need look no further than the you know uh, un, un, the innumerable denominations of Christianity to see how uh, we can you know we will tribe up at, at given the the earliest opportunity, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah I don't I, I for one you know I enjoy it all because it, it's the same premise you know this uh, it's just like when people want to take to task the spore drive in Star Trek Discovery as being ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, but start with the fact we're talking about a TV show that 200 years in the future that uses a made-up thing called subspace to make every el- everything else work, and we don't question it because that's what we were told when it started. But we can't conceive of, you know, an interconnected mycelial network when we have actual you know example of that here on planet earth like the largest living organism on this planet is a giant mycelial network that lives under a tree (laughs) no you know and when people i when i mean i really don't i really don't converse with those type of individuals anymore because when i'm speaking to those type of individuals i always feel that i don't belong because i i don't know enough to argue the issue Right. And I, you know, I always, I always want to. F- I feel like wanting to tell them, listen, the entire concept of Star Trek, it's not real. Not real, right? It is doesn't fiction. exist. It's, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all movie magic. It gets to be you whatever know? we want it to be. That's the point of yeah. it. And um, you yeah. know, and that's the that's the I think is the point with all fiction. Uh, yeah. So you know, well. Um, so take me back a little to beginning. What 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 are some of the earliest stories that you tried to tell? Do you still have those those manuscripts? Yeah, what I uh, what I used to do is when I was a really little kid, I used to watch a movie like like I I grew up on the James Bond films, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, you know this. So I would I would watch like an epi- I would watch a movie like a um, uh, like Moonraker or View to a Kill or anything like that. And I would watch the movie and then I would sit down with my parents and I would have my parents help me write out a document. Of it. I, I, would, I would basically do a word-for-word document of a view to a kill or whatever. I, I would try to write down every scene from the movie as I saw it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and like a, um, like a, a, a watch-along commentary, written commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, one of my teachers one day said, "Listen, the stories that you the the stories that you write or the summaries that you write about the movies that you see are wonderful, but you should start you should try and uh, to start writing some of your own stuff." Well, and how old were you then? Uh, I was maybe like eight or nine. Okay, when, so third, fourth grade, somewhere in there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. When, it, when when I was told that. Uh, but the first real story 
that I wrote was a story um, uh, called The Medical Examiner about this paraplegic medical examiner who uh, helps solve the murders of the, uh, of, the, of the individuals who end up on his autopsy table. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that was, uh, and you wrote that around eight or nine years yeah. old? No, 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 no. I no. I wrote that. I wrote that when I was still in high school. Oh, still in high school. Okay, so when that's. I, when I, when, yeah. But that's one of yeah. the first real, the first full stories you wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. And and um, I I initially wanted to be a novelist. I initially wanted to write novels. Right. But then I saw this one little show that we talked about, and it completely turned my life upside down. So. How old were you when you when what did you start from the beginning? Did you watch Dawson's Creek when it premiered? No, I didn't. Oh, you had to pick, I, picked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, the I started watching uh, reruns of Dawson's Creek when it was on TBS. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so had, it, had it already finished, or was it yes. still airing? Oh, okay. So you got to yes. watch. Uh, you got to pick up and then uh, yeah, watch the scene. Back in the day when you had to catch that stuff on repeat cable, it still wasn't streaming yet, y'all. No, yeah, no, I. But and the and the and the most frustrating thing about that was every day they would show a different episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So so, um, yeah. I mean, TBS ran that for about two or three years at mm-hmm. at uh, at nine a.m. my time. So I would, I would, you know, get up. I would get dressed or take a shower, or whatever, and then I would sit in front of the TV and watch Dawson's Creek for like an hour every day. There you go. There you go. Great way to start the morning. And uh, and thankfully, it inspired you to, um, to do what you, you found. You know, you switched from from the idea of novelist to the idea of screen uh, screenwriter. And mm-hmm. um, and then, so did you when did you start writing screenplays? Uh, focusing been, more on that, I would say. Ooh, I, I I I started focusing more on that when I when I got to uh, high school. I mean, when I got to college, when I okay. got to college. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you did you, did you take anything in college specific to uh, to screenwriting, or is that just when you kind of made the switch? Uh, no. Uh, well, uh, when I got to college, I spoke to my counselor and I said, "Listen, I want to write scripts for TV. Uh, for for TV, I never wanted to be a feature film writer." So, right. my counselor said, "Listen, we don't have anything." Um, for writing for TV, but we do have this program called Writing for Film. It's a brand new program, and you might be interested in it. So, I took that course, and when I took that course, I had my head up. I had my head so far up my ass that I think I knew everything about that course. I went in there, and from day one, I was just such. It was so difficult for me to 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 learn to do it because of my disability that. I uh I washed out of that course three separate times. Ouch. Yeah. 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 I had a few of those uh, when I was in college uh, where you yeah. know you just it you kept hammering at it and, and it just never it just never took. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so did you just was that just the class that gave you trouble or did it or did it discourage you from being a screenwriter? Did you overcome that? Um it it really made me if that class taught me anything, it taught me proper formatting. That's like, like, like when I when I look back on my college years, my college years were very, very not happy ones because I wasn't 
mentally ready to mm-hmm. deal with the uh, to deal with the um, day and day grind of what college life is supposed to be like. Can relate. Yeah. So, like, like when I when when I look back on my college years, the only the the only thing of use that I got out of that were a couple good friends, and I learned screenplay formatting. But it was very very uh, discouraging, and 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 it made me question. Uh, whether I had made the right choice or not. I can appreciate that. That um, very sounds very similar to my early college experience where I was not well prepared at all to be let out into the world. But, yeah. uh, you know, um, that's that was uh, that was the early 90s and the educational system hasn't gotten better since. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think kids these days still are probably a little more ill prepared for school than we should um then we should uh, uh let them you know we should take better care of that uh but you you mentioned um part of part of that learning uh, or part of the struggle with that class being your disability uh and so if you want to talk a little bit about that and and, and just uh and you know educate myself and, and the listeners as to what the disabilities you have are and, and you yeah. know we can we can talk about um, yeah. how that relates to everything sure I have a I have CP, so I have several palsies. So, mm-hmm. uh, the um, the left side of my brain, I mean the 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 right side of my body is all affected, but the but the right side of my brain is like normal. So, so um, but I guess look, I guess the thing that is most important to this conversation is that I don't I can't read very well, mm-hmm. and I can't write very well. So. It is very hard for me to function in a normal I, like like I wouldn't be able to function in a normal writer's room, right? And I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to to work in their normals in a normal writer's room because I can't read or write very well. Mm-hmm. And all of that is my fault because when I was a kid, when when they were teaching me how to uh, read and write specifically to to learn how to read in the fourth grade, my memory was so good that. Um, Every day they would give us these assignments of books that we had to learn to, 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 to read in front of the class every day. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I took the book and I memorized the book. I didn't actually learn how to read. I just memorized a whole goddamn book in one shot. So uh, I, would, I would come in the next day and I would read the book in front of the class. And to, to the surprise of my teachers and my parents, um, they thought I knew how to read, so that's what I did. I, I skated through the early parts of my career, of my um, of my educational career, just based on my memory. Wow! And so you could you and then so you could you could sponge it up and then squeeze it out and then it yeah. was gone. Yep. Just like you could soak it in, squeeze it out for for the credit, but yeah. you retention was zero. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. And uh, looking looking at it now, I have like I have the uh, reading capability of maybe a fourth, maybe a fifth grader or a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. It's not very mm-hmm. good. Um, but you know, all the scripts that I write are 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 with the help of Mac computers, and everything I do is because of Mac is is because of the accessibility that Mac computers have. Fantastic. I was going to say you you um, you might uh, use a lot of assistive technology to yeah, I do. overcome I do. that because you know to contrary to what you've said about your you know it, obviously 
the inability to to read or write well hasn't affected your ability to communicate well. Oh, right? it does. <laughs> well, I I haven't noticed, Marcel. Being honest, you 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 the the writing I've seen from you through tweets and messages um, doesn't doesn't match up with the story you told, and that's I mean I'm not discounting. Uh, your your lived experience. I'm just saying, give yourself some credit because it doesn't come through yeah. that way. Um, you 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 communicate yeah. incredibly well. So I'm glad. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I well, I would like to think too, um, because myself, I struggle with a lot of mental disorders. Aside, you know, aside from uh, a, a, you know my physical disability with my eye and a couple other things, but mentally, uh, is where most of my challenges are. And one of the things that that I that is you know comes from that is um, sensitivity to rejection. And well, one of the things that can cause you to be rejected is misunderstanding, right? And so, in an effort to be to not be misunderstood, uh, I take incredible care with the words that I use and how I say them, and and when and and you know I try to be very mindful of that. And sometimes I fail, but I get the sense too that you're very aware of what you think of as as your deficiency. And so you put a lot of care and effort into making sure you're understood. And that comes through. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, until I started my podcast, I wasn't, I, I was very, very hesitant about telling people the things I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Because then I I would have no more walls to hide behind. Right, right. And um, uh, when 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 I, I decided to start opening up after I basically had a conversation with a good uh, screenwriter friend of mine who I've known through the internet for a while, but a couple months ago we finally had our first official conversation, and I had a family member. Uh, who told me one time, listen, if you want to accomplish anything with your screenplay writing, you are going to have to tell someone everything, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. going to have to tell them, you know, you're going to have to tell them your weaknesses and your, 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 your advantages and your weaknesses. And once you do that, this whole world will open up for you. So... That during like that good com- advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. During that conversation... I said, you know what, I, I trust this person. I, I love this person as an individual, so I'm going to tell them. And once I told them, they were like, oh, my God, I feel the things that I go through don't feel so bad anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that I can make you feel more happy about yourself. I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's not always the compliment folks think. Oh, wow. You, you struggle so hard. That makes me feel better. It's, yeah. It's not exactly the compliment that we, you, you think it is, but it's appreciated. You know, yeah, now, it's, it's understood. It's, but yeah. still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the, but, but the most wonderful gift that she could ever given me, she said, listen, I am in Sydney. I, 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 I live in a certain part of the world that is basically, it's basically like martial law where I can't go anywhere. Right. So if you want to write, you can just send me your unedited screenplays and I will edit them. I will edit them for you. I will give you feedback. on. I will help you accomplish 
everything that you've ever wanted to do. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so you just need a partner. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, you know, and the thing, well, and and the thing about that is, um, the first time that I ever wrote a script with a, with another screenplay writer, I got my work rewritten by 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 that screenplay writer. So I'm very very hesitant yeah. about the people that I work with. Well, and that's where editor versus writing partner can be helpful, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that is just another uh, having someone help you express yourself uh, in, in a way that can be, uh, you know, sold uh, mm -hmm. is just another assisted tool, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes we forget that our fellow person can be an assistive tool as well as the technology we have, um, mm. you know, uh, and, and folks, I think there are folks who use assistive technology every day and don't think of it as that because it, it benefits them and, and, you know, like um, text to, or uh, speech to text to dictate a message. My wife uses that all the time. Anytime you tell Siri to send a message and uh, you're using that as an assistive technology, that is not something that was developed to make everybody's life easier. It was developed to make a specific set of folks' lives possible. And by doing so, it has made everyone else's life easier because that's what accessibility does, by the way. If it's if it's a win for accessibility, it's a win for everyone. And mm -hmm. so, uh, but you know, using someone, not using, but allowing someone uh, to to use their skills to help you uh, use your skills, uh, especially in an editor, I think I think um, you can be a little, you know, not a little less guarded, but a little more open about collaborating uh, because you know an editor is less likely to subsume your work. Yeah. No, like no, like the, the the best thing about this individual is that she said, "Listen, uh, whatever you write, I'm not going to change it, but I'm always going to tell you what I think. I'm never ever going to lie to you. So if so, if I think what you've write is shit, I will tell you. I'm not going to lie. That's a good editor. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm 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 not going to lie. And uh, you you brought up uh, the the uh, the point about uh, assisted technology is specifically with Apple. And the moment you said that, I was like, "So, how do you think I send my tweets?" Right? Yeah. Is it is it uh, speech to text? Yeah. Fantastic. Every everything I do from uh, everything is speech to text. Everything. Uh, I would say um, one. Uh, for me, a lot of the a lot of the need, of course, is visually oriented. Right, right, and there right, are times right. when you know I'm tired, um, and, or my contact is worn, and uh, I can't see. It's too blurry to type, mm -hmm. and I will use speech to text. I will use speech to text. Um, a couple of the things that uh, I've recently learned that I you know that I have never quite acknowledged, but have always been an issue. Um, I'm mildly, I'm severely discalculous, discalculic and mildly dyslexic. Um, and so uh, typing can be even more difficult for me. Uh, and I spend a lot of time, you know, erasing and rewriting. And so I've learned that it's, it's lot time, lots of times it's, it's, it's easier for me to dictate the message or the tweet or whatever. And then quickly edit what it got wrong versus, you know, biting my own self, biting my own body and my own brain, um, because the computer understands me better than my fingers understand my brain sometimes, right? right, right you right. know, 
Oh, well, you understand that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. But uh, the thing, the thing with uh, uh, spe- uh, the dictation feature on our Macs is that um, when writing a well, when writing a script, I have mm-hmm. to, I have to go over every every section multiple multiple times because, like you just said, sometimes the computer doesn't get exactly what I want to say. So, um, I mean, I don't mean to bring the conversation back to my friend but when i told her that i said listen when i write a script i have to go over every section multiple times again and again and again and again and again and she was like oh my god how do you not go insane and and i went uh i really like our job that's how i don't go insane i love to do this that's why i don't go insane Look, I well, and granted. Imagine, so the the other the other side of that coin is imagine you would go insane if you had no way to express yourself at all. Yeah. So it's yeah. A, you know it's worth the work to you to to be able to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I'm noticing with all the stuff that I do from my YouTube channel and the podcasting that eventually I'm going to have to make a choice mm-hmm. between About focus. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to figure out how to budget my time a little better because right now, I've been I've been recording the fourth season of my podcast for the for the past like five or six months, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. after I finish that, I want to focus more on my YouTube channel and my screenplay writing. But um, yeah, it's it's getting to be a little bit too much for me. Um, I can, I can uh, relate. I um, uh, you know I do this show. Uh, I have one one show on hiatus with Josh uh, Paddock while he's uh, he's uh, getting ready to get married. So we put our Superman show on pause uh, while he gets that sorted. And then um, you know I do the D and DS Nine uh, crew where uh, we have been recording those sessions, uh, but getting the time to produce those into the show uh, has proven the the stickling point, right? And then while I'm trying to manage that, my brain is constantly turning over what's next and what other thing do you want to do? And so I've got, I've got a whole new podcast idea in my head right now. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I will say, Marcelo, now that, because you're here and I cannot let it go uncredited, the show, the idea that I am turning over in my head um, is very much inspired by the the the. Well, I don't even know if methodicity is a word, but the the method by which you have worked on the show that you invited me onto that it is a um, paced and produced um, kind of product. Uh, I want to the show idea that I have. I want to script it and be deliberate with it, and so it would be a produced show and not just something. Where I have a conversation. Not like this. Yeah, which you know, this is this is exactly what I wanted this to be, right? Um, okay. It started off as the thing that I thought it would be, and it's turned into the thing that it is. But it's been through the whole time; it's been what I wanted it to be, yeah. um, and that's that's all you can ask for. But it's not this; it's not this other thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know, I I don't want to give the room here to that other stuff. And uh, it's like kind of like you do in your YouTube channel. Um, that's a that's a part of this idea. Is like, and I, you know, I'm gonna dig in on a particular topic. Like, 
uh, dig in on the animated series and, you know, do a little history dive and, and a little bit of critique and highlight some episodes, keep it to about, you know, 30 to 45 minutes and, and, you know, have some fun with stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, I wanted to, to, to give you credit for, uh, the inspiration of, of how I'm going to approach it, uh, with that, uh, you know, one, you, you know, inspiring by, uh, by, you know, wanting, making me want to actually write something, to script something, to put in a front load of work rather really? than just, yeah, absolutely. I'm not kidding, dude. This, okay. this, I've been turning this over this last week and I've been like, man, you know, I've been thinking about, because I've been thinking about, um, well, just, you know, the level of intent it requires to, you know, we spoke a month ago and, you know, that show is coming next really? year. Yeah. Isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, you know, it feels like maybe a month ago. Um, but yeah, and so, and that shows, you know, on the horizon for next, for next year, yeah, and just sure. the idea that, you know, that, uh, that long form intentionality and some of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to have been short run scripted topical shows like, uh, 13 minutes to the moon covers There's two seasons. It covers Apollo 11 and Apollo 13. It's fantastic. It's scripted. It gets interviews. It has drama. You know, it's and it's produced by the BBC. So of course, it's got resources. Um, and then the other one was um, it was called Wicked Game American Politics or something like that fact. I didn't finish it, uh, but it was the lead up to um, it was the lead up to the twenty twenty election or the twenty sixteen. I may have been listening to it that far back. Anyway, it was it was started. S- such that by the time it finished, the last episode would drop the election week and cover the recent candidate. And uh, so it was all the way up through, yeah, no, it was all the way up through Donald Trump. And, um, but it was dramatized. And so the early parts, like the early uh, 17 and 1800s up to the early 1900s, those were all very fascinating uh, stories. But as I found as it got closer to, what I knew from history already, you know, stuff I was a little more familiar with, it kind of waned on me, but um, just the idea of that scripted produced show has an appeal to me. And uh, you've, you've sparked that, you sparked that, uh, that twig brother. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for giving me credit, but actually let me apologize in advance because there are going to be times when you're doing this where you're going, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that fucking idiot of a friend that I have. So damn him. Oh man, if I had if I had a nickel for every time that's been the case throughout my life, then you know I'd be pretty rich because I've just yeah. done things because of friends pretty much all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, you know, I mean, there's a reason though the the show was named uh, you know Bourbon and Bad Choices stuff. So, you know? Yeah. No, but I actually uh, when I when I interviewed you on my personal podcast, the Red Wall Podcast, after I came off, I was like. Damn, I feel a little bit better about my life because what because I had no idea that you had all those vision issues and I'm like, how does he fucking do anything? Yeah, it's it, it, you know it's all um, well one, uh, and I, I don't know if we talked about it on on your show, but uh, it is all I've ever known. So it's you know similar to yourself. I haven't had uh, I didn't have anything to accommodate to, right. Um, I've had to I've had to get the world to accommodate to me or find an accommodations because for myself I was always since since I've had memory uh, I couldn't see I have never had stereoscopic vision 
you know, my natural eye uh, didn't have a lens, so I only had light and dark perception. So there was really nothing there to begin with. Um, and so when I lost it, uh, you know, other than the other than the the trauma of going through that, the outcome was not very dissimilar to what I'd already grown up with. So, you know, uh, uh, but it, the only thing that's gotten worse as I've gotten older uh, is, is what, you know, conf- uh, afflicts anyone that gets to be my age. Uh, and that is your vision, your vision just gets more, it gets poor over, over time anyway. And so I'm not a, you know, corrected on paper, my vision corrected is 2020 still, but I have a cataract. Oh, wait. Yeah. And it's not actually without correction, it's only like 2025. So on paper, it doesn't look that bad, but it is, it is, it is difficult. <laughs> mm. um, I think the um, working comfortably at a computer is probably the hardest thing to find. Um, there's just not a distance where keyboard monitor and eyesight all line up to where it's one is not out of out of place, you know. Um, but you know, big enough monitors, and you can get through that too. Yeah, no, but I, uh, you know, when I, you know, I, I just want to say when I came off the call with you, I, you know, I have my issues, but I just felt a little bit better about my prophetic little life, and uh, and you just did that for me. I don't know if I ever told you that, but um, well, I appreciate that, man. And, uh, and so, and well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your side of things. Now, what do you, uh, what do you do throughout the day? Do you, uh, do you have a job that you maintain? Or? No, no, I don't. I, I, I've, I've never been able to work because of my, uh, because of my reading issues. So, okay. so, uh, but I, um, I hope the state's not listening to this. I do. Um, I do make a little, bit of money on the side yeah uh, uh um um filling out surveys like like oh, okay. i hey. like like i do like i do survey apps or, or or something like that as a matter of fact the two survey apps that i use right now if i were to check out today i have about 91 dollars and 55 cents between the two of them in that's there not bad. so it's not bad. yeah it's not bad I mean, no but that's you know but that's over two or three years yeah, yeah, but so, so I mean, it's a it's a, a passive way to to it, spend your time and yeah. and earn some jack, man. That's not bad. Yeah, you, you know? to make some money. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but I am, I mean, I you know I have responsibilities because, like I said, I have um a person who um comes here Monday through Friday to help me get going. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, w- you know, with my day to day routine, I live with my grandfather who is uh. 80, he's 86 now. Yeah. So we only started to do that a couple of years ago. Like, like before that, my life was so much more easy because I didn't have to do this thing for the state, this thing for the state and this thing for the state. But ever since I decided to take on, uh, to have a home care health aid, I have to do so much shit and so much crap, right? A lot of paperwork. Yeah, I have to do, yeah, I have to, like, like every six months, I have to, you know, go to the doctor to, so, 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 so my doctor can sign a piece of paper that says, oh, I'm still disabled. And, I, and, you know, I feel like, I feel like calling up the government and saying, excuse me, guys, I can guarantee you, like, six months from now, I'm going to be the same. Still going to have cerebral palsy, y'all. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not, you know, well, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure I'm, there'll I'm, be big news when we've found a found a correction for cerebral palsy. I've, it, it, the government will know. And they can, yeah. you know, then they can ask you, are you still disabled? Yeah. No, but the other thing, um, you know, I like, like I do YouTube videos and I do podcasts. So, so I do all of that. And I, you know, and I, and I write too. I haven't done that in, in about six or seven, in about six or seven months because I've, I've been so busy with the other stuff that I do, but I'm always doing something. Always got, um, well, that's, that's, that's me too, man. I cannot, um, it's hard to have time off, right? I yeah. will, I will always find something to fill the void and, um, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, as long as it, as long as it's fruitful for you mm-hmm. personally, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. that's what matters, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's fruitful, but I'm not going to lie to you. If I was getting, if I just had a little bit more initiative, I probably could turn this into, I could probably make some money off of my podcast. But the problem that I have with money is that every little, every little bit of money I, I get has to be reported to the state. So right. if I get this money, we're, where the hell am I going to put it to where they can't find it? Right. <laughs> An offshore account. So a Swiss yeah. bank account, you know, we'll have to get into, uh, we'll have to get into uh, international money laundering. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, no, mean, but look, ha, ha, ha. That's so hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, the, the biggest problem that I, that I face on a day-to-day basis is uh, you, you mentioned that you, you have, you, you suffer from, emotional difficulties and the biggest problem that i have is that i panic about every single little fucking thing like for example i i told you before uh we started the interview today that uh i i've had i've had this thing hanging over my goddamn head for for four months and i'm finally going to deal with it today yeah 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 so yeah i'm the same you know procrastination it's like yeah i can't thrive without the stress but i cause all the stress myself yeah, yeah. No, you know, and as I'm getting older, I'm beginning to think to myself that, you know, maybe my family is right because my family says, listen, I should be out there. I should I should go out every day and I should conversate with people and I should do I should do this and I should do that. And I'm like, listen, that will be all well and good. But when I meet look, look, when I when I physically meet someone in here and here's where my own personal failures come in. When I physically meet someone to possibly want to start out a, rom- a romantic relationship, the first thing that goes through my head is going, okay, so if I like this person, if we get off very well, how am I going to support this person? What am I going to be able to bring to the relationship that is of equal value to them? Right. Like, like I, I... I'm, you know, you know, this is my thought process and I acknowledge that my thought process is fucked up and is wrong. I acknowledge that. But I but but I said to myself, the only thing that I can give them is my love. And will that be enough for them to stay with me? You know, um, I would think so if it's the right person. Absolutely. But that's the thing. You've got to take the chances and the chances are hard. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the other the other thing um, that has happened to me in my life is that every person that I have shown a romantic interest in has rejected me. Everyone. Yeah. And I can uh, rejection, man. I I don't handle it well. I do. not. Yeah. 
So, you know, um, you know, and they, there, there are certain things about my family that just drive me crazy. It's like, but um, not to, to, to go in a more happier section to this interview, I'm having a really hard time uh, with dealing with this, uh, with, with what we're going through currently in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I've become more of a, of, of a stay-at-home person. Like, I'm beginning to be fearful about going outside. And interacting just, uh, just because of, of having, you know, all of the idiots out there that aren't trying to do the right thing. And, you know, it feels it's it, it, it just I, trust me, being out in it still is not. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, um, I have a friend who who is the same person who uh, who I mentioned earlier, the, the screenplay writer who says, listen, I, I understand the way you feel and I, I, I acknowledge all your issues, but I, I promise you that if I ever get off of this goddamn island and I come to you, I'm going to drag your ass out in the world again. <laughs> well, that's different. That's different. You know, I would yeah. imagine, uh, you know, if I showed up at the door uh, to take you around town that, uh, you know, you'd be yeah. uh, you'd be happy yeah. to go. Yeah. 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 I would. Let me know when the let me know when the islander gets here. We'll all go to town. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but no, but I like my life is very, very sheltered. And I think that is to my benefit, but that is, that is also to my detriment. Right. Right. Well, and, you know, you have um, you have a world outlet through through Twitter, mm-hmm. through the Internet. Yeah, uh, so it isn't that you're, um, you know, you're physically sheltered, but you're not. I don't think that you're necessarily uh, sheltered to the world. Uh, or to you obviously have open ideologies, uh, which which uh, yeah. you know open mindedness uh, doesn't necessarily um, you know come from being out in the world. Uh, you know it comes mm-hmm. from having the willingness to to have an open mind and an open heart, and you meet those criteria pretty well. So right, right. But what but what I'm trying to say is that I wish I was the same person that I am with you, or yeah. the same person that I am. With, like, I show different faces to different people. Well, I understand like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wish I was one way with everyone. Right. But yeah. I'm, but I'm not like that. I'm. It's a level I'm not of like comfort. Yeah. I'm. I'm not like that. Like with you, with with any one of my Star Trek fans, I'm open and I'm I'm loud and I'm abrasive. But with my family, I turn everything down. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. Um, yeah, so, so I acknowledge that's something that I have to work on, but my podcast has, has helped me deal with those certain issues. But now I'm in like this pattern where I worry about everything. I'm concerned about how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm concerned about how I'm going to do this. I'm concerned about how I'm going to do that to, to the point where, you know, I I hop on a conversation with you or I hop on a conversation with my other, with our other Star Trek friends and, I see them living life as the happiest person that they can be. And I'm like, why can't I fucking do that? Why am I so fucking panicked about everything? Well, and that it's, do you, um, have you talked to anyone about what it is to, to have panic attacks? Do you have a panic attack or do you just feel anxious? I don't, I, I, I don't have a panic attack, but I, 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 I don't have a physical reaction. It's it's, right. it's all 
It's all in my head. Do you get that pit of the stomach kind of feeling though when you think about going out? Uh, no. No, no. It's just all, I, it's all no, the scenarios yeah. you worked yeah, out yeah. up here. Uh-huh, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah. You go, you go uh, down every every path. You're Doctor Strange at the end of uh, <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. No, so I mean, look, like when yeah, yeah, when I when I uh, when I call and make this appointment, I can guarantee you, like leading up to the appointment, I'm gonna be like, oh God, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna say? You know, has has, has my arm gotten worse? I I know it's gotten worse, but is it to the point where I physically have to do something about it? To to the point where I, I can't ignore it anymore? Right. Right. Um, so there's all the there's the anxiety about leading up to making the phone call while you're on the phone call and then the wait time between the phone call and the actual appointment. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then I, I, I do exactly those same things, you know, and it um, more often than not, it ends up being, you know, overblown in my head versus reality. But leading up to it, man, in a moment, that panic, that anxiety is your reality. And that is. Mm-hmm what is hard for a lot of folks to understand who don't, who, who don't have anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's in our head and we can't calm down. Those are the two things that, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we understand it's all in our head. We're a backseat driver to our own existence at that point. And yeah, you, telling us to calm down doesn't make it better. Yeah, um, no. Um, yeah, you know? no. And my, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh, you're fine. Um, this, this is your show, brother. You, no, it's your show. I've only, I've, I, I, I'm only a passenger. But the other thing is that uh, my fa- my family doesn't. Uh, they're not too big on medication yeah. and, and and seeing people. And my grandfather, who knows me better than anyone on this planet, he's always told me that any problem that you have, mm-hmm. you can solve by yourself. Like, like, like you can take certain medications to help you do something, or you can see a shrink that will help you come to the conclusion faster. But the only person that can truly get you out of what it is you're going through right now is yourself. The only, that is true. That's, that's the only person that's going to get you out. You have to have the tools to do it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, that's, that's where I'm at. I have, the, I have access to the tools. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I have a, 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 you know, a pretty good toolbox mm-hmm. and, uh, I know what works for me and mm-hmm. your grandfather is right. It, it isn't, I know that, you know, and I want to, I want to let folks know that, you know, medicine, if you're, if you're taking, if you're taking treatments, it's only part of the work. You know, remembering to take your meds every day is one of the things you have to do. Um, you know, taking Lamictal to stabilize my mood, uh, doesn't, um, absolve me from being responsible for my mood, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, it, it is a tool that allows me to attain control over my reactions, mm-hmm. but I'm still responsible for them. You know, if I still if I still get too mad, that's not Lamictal's fault. That's Dan's fault, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, but for myself, having. Uh, a psychiatrist who can help me with the medicines and having a psychologist who can help me with the thought processes or just for my, for me at this point, uh, uh, it is, I use my psychologist as that, um, that person who can, I can tell everything is like, you know, I can talk to him about anything and anyone because he doesn't know any of them, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it gives me a great way to, to, 
decompress um, for the folks that I, you know, the folks that I can't decompress to because it's about them or or whatever. Mm-hmm. It gives me room to breathe, I should say. Um, but you know, your grandfather is absolutely right that it that it takes it takes the work on yourself as well to be able to to get through those things. That doesn't make it. I mean, that's not going to make it easier. No, it's not. No, but the other, you know, you know, the other thing is that I think that my family still has that that stigma of, you know, if you go to a psychiatrist or if you're properly medicated, um, there's something, you know, there's yeah. something bad about that. Yeah, there's so, a stigma to it. <clears throat> um, yeah, look, I mean, this might be all in my head. My family might not think that way at all, but I can only right. tell you the way that I process what's what has happened throughout the course of my life exactly. and what's hap- what's happening to me right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's, um, you know, and that's where uh, it is important and easy to forget, but also important. The more, most important thing is to um, not to dismiss someone's lived experience, right? Um, just because my experience with a shared issue is different than yours doesn't invalidate yours because um how you how you navigate versus how i navigate versus how anyone else has to navigate the world um is not going to be the same you know Mm -hmm. uh and for folks like yourself and i uh everything about the world is geared against us you know uh when it comes to physical issues when it comes to mental uh mental disorders uh, or neurodivergent uh, um, processes, um, the entire world is is angled directly against us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, not to not to make it sound like it's oh so hard, but um, you know, when it comes to what we would call neurotypical folks, uh, it, it's harder, I think, for them to understand the work it takes for us to exist in their world. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, you know. With all that being said, that's why I appreciate the the the. Uh, I keep bringing her up, but she's gonna really like this when she actually hears this thing in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, tell her. Yeah, tell her to watch <laughs> or listen. <laughs> listen, yeah. So that's why I appreciate someone like um, like Dean, because she's the type of person that understands who I am and understands my successes and my failures. But she's the type of person that says, "Okay, you have all these problems, but I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna push you off the cliff." <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's I don't care. Need. Sometimes it's what you need. It's like um, it's like folks who um, folks who who come in uh, for help and they 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 insist that they've been hacked. Um, well, okay, that's not possible, but that's not going to solve anything, right? Having me having that attitude is not going to solve anything. Um, that person feels unsafe, and that is something that I can empathize and acknowledge, right? We've all felt unsafe. So regardless of their interpretation of what is happening to them, if it is or isn't hacking, uh, the outcome is the same. They feel insecure and they want someone to acknowledge that. And I've learned that um, by the time they're, they're to me for help, they have spoken to so many people who tell them they're crazy or tell them it's not a thing that can happen that that's the first thing they tell, they'll, they'll tell me is you're going to think I'm crazy. And I'll just tell them that's probably not true. What's going on? 
and they'll tell, oh, this, that, and the other. And I say, well, I understand that you feel unsafe. And that's all just being heard, right? Like you were saying about your friend, just being heard. But then you have to tell them the reality of it, right? Like, look, okay, here's what is happening. It is not what you think it is. And now you have to take that information and go do better, right? You get pushed mm -hmm. off the cliff and back out into the world. Yeah. No, you like have somebody the, that'll do that for you. Yeah, no, and like the like the cool thing about her, I swear she's gonna love this interview. <laughs> the cool thing about her is that she is unlike anybody who I've interacted with in the past fifteen years because she's another screenplay writer. So her mind works like my mind does. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. So she, it, it. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. So. So. We have the same mind. You know, as as Alice Kurtzman, as, as far as storytellers, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, so I really, really, really enjoy that. Um, awesome. And you said the name. You said the name, Alex Kurtzman. Oh, come on! I know you said the name. So uh, we're, we're going. We're going to. We're going to land on this uh, and talk a, talk a bit about Alex uh, for the last bit of the show, but. You first met Alex uh, through Alias, correct? Uh, yes, yes, yes. No, well, um, uh, to, to be fair, when I fell in love with Alex as a as a storyteller, it was um, it was uh, when I watched the 2007 Michael Bay film Transformers. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of love for that movie. It gets a lot of hate, but um, uh, no, 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 no. I love I, that movie. I enjoy, I enjoy it a lot. I'm, I'm a big Transformers gearhead, and uh, you know, I got to take uh, my oldest boy to see that uh, when he was well, he would have been uh, three, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah. So Alex, uh, and, and was it that was uh, Kurtzman and Orsai, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh... Roberto Orsi or Bob Orsi, as yeah. he is called. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I had that experience with them. That was my first experience with them. And then a little later, um, they decided to, hey, why don't we just reboot, you know, Star Trek and piss off everybody? <laughs> uh, no, but, 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 but seriously... Their 2009 film is what made me fall in love with Star Trek again. And God help me, I had no idea what the hell I was in for the second that I found out that Alex was going to, was going to spearhead a new Star Trek series. In many ways, I wish I would have stayed out of our little bubble. Yeah, yeah. But in yeah. others, I'm happy that I'm here because... It has taught me in it has taught me uh, tolerance for other people's opinions in ways that I never thought could be possible. Right, right, and it's um, it is uh, I'd say it's hard to be a fan of the modern Trek um, online because I feel like it's, we found a good group of people who uh, you know an echo chamber is never good, and but I feel like we found. Um, for the most part, we've got a group of folks, a group of friends who um, remain positive, even if they don't like everything, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's one thing, it's one thing to dislike and disagree with, um, you know, a piece of a show or, or an entire Trek series, you don't have to mm -hmm. like it all if you don't want to, but you can be 
uh, kind and inclusive about it. Oh, that's not for me. You know, I didn't enjoy it for X, Y, and Z. But you, yeah. you don't have to do, do, to drag the creators uh, or the writers, the actors, the 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 you know, the producers, etc. Um, you can leave it at the door, you know, um, and choose to be positive about it. No, I mean, look, look. Uh, when when Star Trek Discovery uh, first aired in season one. There was this particular. I'm not going to put his name on blast because I, I already gave I already gave him enough oxygen. Um, but he is a lifelong uh, Star Trek fan, and he decided to uh, do a video talking about his dislikes of Star Trek and about the people that are running it. And he directly attacked. Alex Kurtzman and uh, Akiba Goldsman. He insulted them as individuals and people. And I'm like, dude, I understand your passion for Star Trek. And I understand that this is in some way messing with your childhood or messing with Gene's vision. But you have no right to attack them as people. You can attack them as storytellers. But what the fuck are you doing? Yep. And that's that's what disconnected me from that whole side of things is that they like, they were taking to task the the person and not the work. And I can't do that. You know, uh, there's no room for body shaming um, just because you disagree or dislike a show. You do not <clears throat> body shame the actor because of your displeasure with that mm. property. Mm. You can um, you can criticize their performance as art but their body has nothing to do with that performance. And so mm -hmm. that is, that, that is irrelevant. Um, and you can, you can take to task choices that are made, you know, in or out of Canon, you know, do, do you, or don't you like the updated look of the Klingons um, is not the same conversation as I effing hate the idiots who designed that, that guy was a, you know, a goddamn, you know, Fool. yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's different than wow. I that that doesn't. That, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, <laughs> it's a lot yeah. different. But yeah, and, and I can imagine too. For me, uh, just being a, a, a fan, not necessarily a, a, a passionate fan like yourself. That you know, people coming after Alex, I didn't appreciate it at all. Yeah. No, I mean, look, look, and you look, and the, and and the thing that you know amazes people. You already know this. Our our friend people already know this. I was a fan of Alex and Bob before they decided to come into the Star Trek universe. Exactly. So the so the fact that two two of my favorite writers of all time would come into my second favorite franchise of all time and say we're going to make something awesome and yeah. they also and sorry and we haven't even mentioned him yet. I can't believe it. My favorite writer, my favorite writer slash director working today directed the film too. So to me, right. to me, to me, it was like a perfect apocalypse of awesomeness. And I was like, oh my God, three of my favorite people are working on my favorite property, my, my, my second favorite property of all time. Yep. There's nothing better than this. God, it was just, um, so the thing that, the, the thing that, um, when I talk to people who don't know me and, and don't know that I'm a screenplay writer, the thing that they don't understand is I have been with these people through various sections of their career. And that's yeah. how I, yeah, 
I like I I care about the work that they that they write, but for me, it's more about them as storytellers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and too, you know, when when they were announced, um, when they were announced for the 2009 film, I knew oh. all those names. I knew all those names, and it excited me uh, because yeah. I had I hadn't watched Alias, but I had watched Lost. You know, I had paid attention. Um, mm -hmm. What isn't uh, JJ's on uh, MI3, right? The yeah. third movie, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and a JJ, couple of the others too, but yeah, yeah. JJ JJ actually directed MI3, and Bob and Alex wrote it too. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so you know, again, uh, those were names that I was familiar with because yeah. I pay attention to credits on things that I like. <laughs> um, you know, because yeah. hey, what are those folks doing now? Is a is a a great question to ask. And you know, when I saw those three names come up with uh, with the O nine film, I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Um, and, and you know, I, to my opinion, I was not wrong. I love that movie. Yeah, I mean, look, I have uh, Bob and Alex are my my fourth and my favorite. They they're in my top five uh, list of my favorite. Uh, uh, creators of all time. So right, right. when somebody attacks them, I feel it hurts yeah. <laughs> a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I understand if you don't like them, but you have no right to attack them as individuals. You can attack the work that they do, but the second that you attack them as individuals is, this, is, is a point where I want to take your head off. Right. And well, that's, that's just it. It's like, um, you know, I, if, same thing with kind of, you know, and not to take it there, but same thing like with religion for me is you're welcome to yours and that is fine. And I, I am thrilled that it drives you to do good in the world. But the minute that you use it as a weapon, we have a problem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, same thing is the minute you attack a person instead of their work, you know, criticize the work, don't attack the person. Um, it's one of the easiest things to do. People say they can separate the art from the artist all the time until it comes to something that they don't like and they want to throw the artist under the bus. No, I mean, you know, I um, I, I have that problem, too, because uh, because one of my top, you know, um, uh, one of the one of the writers that I, I admire a lot and the person that I credit with. The person that I credit the most with, the uh, who gave me my writer's voice, is is Joss Whedon. He's one. Oh, of, yeah. yeah, he's one of my. So it's it's Kevin, uh, it's Kevin, Joss, uh, da, 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 JJ, Alex, and Bob. Yeah, those yeah. Are, the, those those people are on my Mount Rushmore, and with everything that happened with Josh, I was like, everything that happened with Joss, I was like, ugh. Uh huh. Exactly. So, it took me a really long time to separate the man from his work. And if it wasn't for my friends of whom I mentioned a lot today, but if it wasn't for her and a couple other individuals who said, listen, you don't have to feel bad for liking everything that, you know, you don't have to feel bad for liking Buffy, Firefly, Dollhouse, or anything else Joss has done. You know, Joss isn't a perfect individual. Nope. As a matter of fact, to put it lightly, he sucks. Yeah. Personal, personally, not a great guy, turns yeah. out. But the work, the, it's just like, um, if, anyone, if anyone who knows baseball, with Pete Rose and his <laughs> band from, you know, his band from life for, best, for baseball. Yeah. And, uh, but does it change the fact that the man set the record? The record mm -hmm. is never going to be broken. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 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 that work stands. Joss, Joss's work stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's unfortunate that it is tainted by his behavior. Um, and now we know that he has, he, he's like that, then we don't let Joss make things anymore. Um, you know, or the thing, we don't support the things no, he I makes. Mean, yeah, uh, I mean, but the stuff that's already impacted our lives, um, you know, I don't agree with uh, uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, not one bit, but that doesn't change uh, all of the joy and um, the light that Harry Potter has brought to, to brought to this house. Uh, you know, it, it, it discolors it, unfortunately, but it doesn't take it away. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just how you have to deal with it. You know, for me, for me with Joss, since he is so integral of integral to who I am as an mm-hmm. individual, uh, uh, if he writes something, some day, something else someday, besides the, the most recent show that he created is fantastic. It's in Nevers. You should check it out. It's on the, it's uh, it's on HBO right now. Yeah, it's am- it's amazing. But if he ever writes something else, I'm going to give it a shot because it's him. I'm going to support his work, but I'm not going to support him as an individual person. If that makes any sense. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. So yeah. Um. Um. And uh, yeah. So. Well, what is the um? What do you have a favorite? Uh, story or episode or show uh, that uh, Alex has written? Uh, oh my God. Or one of each? Well, the, well, my favorite thing that Alex has ever been involved with, um, and it has a little personal touch to me, uh, Alex and Bob uh, wrote this movie called, this is a really small movie called People Like Us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is possibly one of the fa- one of the best things that Alex has ever written. Just a quiet little gem hiding out in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, that was his uh, uh, directorial debut before okay. he did. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna. I can send you uh, the the trailer for that film. It's with uh, Chris Pine, Hillary Banks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a really really small movie. So that Sometimes those are the best. Yeah, that movie inspired me to write a script that helped me get over the death of my mother. Oh, well, very good. So, very good. Yeah. Anything that leads to catharsis is is uh, good medicine. Yeah, and also, but the best thing that Alex has ever written that that really that that sort of made me into a fan of his was we've already discussed it transformers <laughs> and um uh if if i remove those two it's star trek 2009 i mean okay. come on That's come strong, on strong stuff uh stuff. you stuff. know uh yeah, yeah so yeah and the, well, the other thing um the the other i'm sorry i'm gonna say one more thing the other uh, thing that I really loved that Alex wrote was an episode of Alias called, I think it was called Double. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, so I, I don't know if I got that, if, if I got the uh, episode title right, which I probably didn't. But that specific episode was so much fun of uh, it, uh, within the, 
within like season one or two of Alias. So okay, all right. Uh, I um, you know, I need to go back and catch back up on Alias. I uh, I, I left that hole in my uh, viewing, and uh, you know, I've got stuff I can catch up on now. It's um, mm. it's quiet time, other than a couple couple lower decks here and there, and uh, <laughs> you know, Star Trek is kind of kind of chill right now. I need something else to watch. Uh, I had a good friend of mine that uh, really enjoyed that show too. So, you know, um, give me a chance to have you for you and I to have something else to talk about. That's for sure. No, I mean, look, yeah, no, I mean, if you ever get through alias, like if you ever start watching fringe, then we're going to have a lot to talk about. Because I I watched a little bit of fringe and I enjoyed it. I just need to put put, uh, attention to it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love fringe 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 is one of my top five favorite shows of all time Fantastic. because it was cre- yeah, it was created by Bob, Alex, and JJ. So everything oh, you need no, no. to know is right there. It's right there. Yeah, that's all there is to it for sure. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, Marcelo, it has uh, been an absolute pleasure, as always, to get to speak to you today. So thanks for coming here uh, to digress a little with me. I think we uh, went around the world a few times on several different subjects and always landing on Star Trek, though, which is never a bad thing. Um, is there any, uh, anything else you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Um, no, I, I look, look, I just want to say thank you to, to you for considering me to come on your show. It really means a lot to me that I have met a person like you in the Star Trek fan community. Oh, I appreciate and, that. Thank uh, you, you know, much. I, I just want to say, you know, I, I appreciate for you, including me in, uh, in, in, in the pantheon of your podcast. I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks for coming on to, to the show and spending time with me. Uh, like I said, it's always a joy to get to speak to you. And speaking of appreciation, uh, I want and shout outs. I'm going to appreciate and shout out to uh, you, the listener, and thank you for your time and attention and hoping that we will uh, earn those ears back next week and you'll take a listen to our next guest. Uh, and also, um, you know, special note to my patrons. Uh, who support me on Patreon, and you can as well if you want to visit patreon.com slash digresscast, uh, where you can uh, support the show for as little as a dollar a month, but $3 a month will get you early access to every episode the day they're recorded. So um, check that out and uh, check out all the tiers there. Otherwise, you can leave a review at your podcast catcher of choice. That really does help the show. Uh, Five stars, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but otherwise, uh, do thank you and, uh, you know, appreciate your time and attention to the show. And for that, we will say good night. Good night. All right. Let's see. Stop the recording.